Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought in by Ice Ice Baby there. Good stuff. Vanilla Ice really didn't even come across our topic last week of the greatest white rappers ever. He came Actually up came a little up, bit. Yeah. I, I brought him up for a moment, and he got shot down. Fair enough. I, I, I think he deserves to be shot down. Not ne- not literally. Ice is not awesome. literally shot down. He is know. actually still on TV. You know, he was on with the Celebrity Chef. He was bartending in Fourth at Fourth Street He's in, in Louisville. Uh, a couple years that ago. movie, that's my boy with Adam Sandler. It's one of my favorite. Someday I'll share my Vanilla Ice story with you guys. Please, Todd. I will someday. The weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041. To reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Among our two segments of the show, our two scheduled segments each week, we have Ashley's Loco Cinco, also called Ashley's Crazy, at the 11 o'clock hour, where we profile the the five craziest stories in the sports from the previous week in the world of sports. At the end of the show, we have our man Brandon J. Lawrence call in and correct us for our factual inaccuracies. Where does the J stand for? I don't know. What? I think it stands for justice. It's, it's justice. stands for justice. justice. Today, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the lack of enthusiasm there? Normally, for those of our listeners who don't, night last night. For, who don't follow as closely, normally, Carlos says, J stands for Julius Randle, and he's really happy about it. Why this, the sad face when we asked it today, Carlos? Well, it doesn't stand for Ju- Julius Randle when you're one for seven, or one for whatever he was. But yeah. When you're 0 for 2 for the week? A lot of great stuff to talk about today. Among, among our topics, <laughs> we're not going to skip over the fact that our two local teams did lose yesterday. Louisville lost. And got swept. Louisville lost uh, to Memphis, sixty-six seventy-two. Uh, Ashley has to shave. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you say shave? I I kind of already did. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of maintained my shaving. Can, Kentucky, Actually, did laser hair removal, which is way better. Hey, I hear you. Very interesting. <laughs> Kentucky lost to South Carolina, sixty-seven, seventy-two. Among <laughs> is that for the shaving reference? Talk? <laughs> the shaving reference or the laser hair removal? Okay, okay, gotcha. Among the storylines from the losses <laughs> yesterday for Louisville, Louisville Rick Pitino made some comments saying that that the Louisville basketball team acted like a middle school team, whereas they were celebrating during the game. And that's the reason they lost. They got a little ahead of themselves. I think so. I think he's right. I, that was my one comment after the game is that I actually said it this morning to someone that they got ahead and they're like, oh, yeah, we got this game won. And they stopped playing like because they were so they just thought the game was going to Memphis was going to lay down and die. So. You know, what's interesting about that whole ordeal is that he actually shaved right before the press conference. Oh, OK. Because he said until they lost, right? So they well, lost. That was actually a joke. He didn't. But <laughs> he could have. Oh, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't know watch that. I didn't, I didn't watch it. I believed you. I, I took believed you on your you word. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, you think, yeah, but yeah, he, uh, never mind. Louisville was leading by, I think, about six points. Eight maybe, points to be exact. Eight points with, with about four minutes to go. So they had a lead at the end, and they really just blew it. They had a big game. It's not surprising. 
From Montrez Harrell, 25 points, 12 rebounds. Hello. Ducking doesn't please, win games. Please, please hold. I'm sorry? I'm uh, saying Kelly, ducking doesn't win games. Kelly, Just because you dunked the ball doesn't mean Can that... you pause from reporting the story as Certainly. you were? And let me say, Carlo, that you cannot comment negatively on the Cardinals. We lost to a ranked team on the road. Yes, they beat us at home, too. You guys just lost to South Carolina. On the road. We will it get doesn't to that. matter. We will get to that. But yeah. what, what you can do is overly criticize, overly criticize our team that lost to a well, ranked no, team. You guys were, Anyhow, you were ranked ahead, ahead of you were ranked ahead of Kentucky. We will maintain that ranking ahead of you. If you guys are even ranked after today. Will not be. You guys Kentucky may not be not in the be top twenty five. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say they will not be. Nor do they deserve to be. I will go on the record. And this is recorded, right? No, oh, this, this is, is this will be on the podcast. This isn't going to go in your permanent historical database. For the Aaron Rodgers of Louisville Sports Radio, Ashley Danielle <laughs> Miller, who hasn't fulfilled her best yet. I'm sorry, I haven't. I will offer the her store lately. The opportunity <laughs> lately. It's been what three months, Kelly? Yeah, lately three it's been months, three months. months, maybe longer since since my birthday. Yeah, it's been a since long time. December. I haven't. So she's the Aaron Rodgers of Louisville Sports Radio, where she doesn't fulfill and honor her bets. But I'm a, I'm gonna get off the hook. Shaking my head. Kind of, sorta, but not really. It's actually gonna. I, well, the Louisville Kentucky Florida game, double or nothing. <laughs> that we will beat Florida. Deal. I give you the it. opportunity. Shake on it. You see some of that action. <laughs> Double or nothing. You see this, Kelly Patrick. So you see it. It. Okay. it doesn't have to be Pepe. Van this Rico. guy says. It could be Makers make Mark. There's Two no way. Matter of fact, a gallon of Makers Mark. I'm trying to be calm, Carlo. But there's no way in your mind, you're rational, you're a smart guy, you're a very intelligent man. There's no way in your mind that you guys just dropped one to South Carolina, you guys dropped one to Arkansas, that you're going to go to Florida, ranked number one in the country, very, very good basketball team, and beat them at home. Let me tell you something about UK Nation and BBN. <laughs> BBN the history is of, down The history today. of hashtag BBN. Seven, eight, nine years ago, maybe, I don't know how long it's been. It's, it seems so close to me, not so, so much as a distant memory. But this is football. The University of Kentucky Wildcats went there, and we beat LSU, who won the national championship. In football? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. What I'm the saying hell? that anything is possible. The hell, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> Kelly, tell him. My point is, is that if we could do it, we, we, we beat up. the national champions. We beat it, the na- national champions in please football. Say it, Kelly. I hate to, but this early, be, Florida SEC, early. which is dominating the top twenty-five, they're going to be the number one team after tomorrow. After today, they'll be number one. Oh yeah. So SEC once again is dominating all sports. We're gonna go in and beat them at Florida on the last game of the season. It could happen. It could happen, Todd. I think you. I mean, we're going to win. I said it on the record. Double or nothing. (laughs) Ashley's gonna owe me even more. In the Louisville, back to the Louisville game. We will get to the Kentucky game, but. Ashley, why did Louisville lose lose yesterday? Because like I said, Montrezl Harrell had a career game, eleven to seventeen. You know what? Dunk doesn't win. He, he dunking the ball doesn't me, win basketball so, games. Just because you have the dunking sorry, record, uh, Carlo, it doesn't win games. Ashley why Carlo, we lost. he asked me, "Is your name Ashley now?" We'll get to Kentucky. I Carlo. mean, I know people call you Carla and all of that, <laughs> but I need you to Hilarious. be nice today. Um, I think we took the foot off the gas. I think we are lacking killer instinct. We don't know how to put a team away and just make sure the game is over before we walk off the court. I think they got too excited. They're like, oh, yeah, we came back. We were on this winning streak, and we're not shaving, <laughs> all that. And it's not enough. I think you have to play 40 minutes of basketball. Is this loss significant within Louisville's potential to make a, a legitimate, maybe Elite Eight, Final Four type run in the tournament 
does this loss matter? No. Well, I, I think it matters in the point. In the, I think it's similar as to last season. We had we dropped one about this time. I don't think it was to a ranked team. I can't remember who it was. But I think it might be the fire that they need to go on that winning streak that we did at the end of the season last season. So I'm not just – I think um, – I'm not disturbed by it. I don't think it. You're it, not disturbed. It, it's I'm the not same disturbed. team that lost to Houston a few days ago. I'm not disturbed. They lost like to I Houston. Said, when when we start talking about UK, then you can speak. But right now, we're talking about Louisville and being realistic, not brainwashed by whatever cloud you're this living is, it, underneath. It, it, let me tell you, it's just a fact. No, Kelly, I'm not. Um, I'm not. Ups- I mean, I'm upset that we lost because I hate. I hate when we lose, especially when we give games away. I think we gave that away. I think it was what we needed—a kick in the butt for future. Here's an interesting, interesting fact: Memphis and Arkansas have both beat more ranked teams than U of L. It doesn't UK. matter more than U of L. UK combined. That is, I'm saying. that is interesting. That's interesting. Memphis and Arkansas have beat more ranked teams than U of L and Kentucky combined. That is interesting. It's, it's Terry Rozier has played very well as of late. In yesterday's game, I'm sorry. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. He's it good. I love why, his game. Why does that matter? Because Patino doesn't play freshmen when he That's, used to. Well, he played him what? 23 minutes yesterday. I, I will say that he should have had him in. He should have had him in the game versus he should have had Chris Rozier. I wasn't even done with my. He should have had I Rozier mean, Carlo, and Russ Smith in the Carlo, game versus Chris Jones. Excuse me, Marvellous. Can you stop being rude this this morning and allow? Kelly, I feel like he Kelly's, played more minutes Kelly's than Chris Jones to, yesterday. He's trying to give us some information here. I'm saying during the clutch time, it should have been Rozier. I agree. Car- Rozier and should have been in there at crush time. I I was very disappointed the fact that everyone on the floor knew that Russ Smith had four fouls. There's no way that no one had the awareness to foul for him, and they they wasted like 15 seconds before they even fouled in the first place, which was another brain fart. But like a leadership. You can say that. That's I mean, fine. it was a bad road loss, uh, priming the team up for a March run, possibly. You don't have to worry about actually playing at another team's home court during the tournament. So, is this going to matter? Sure. Can they learn from it? Certainly, I think. Um, Terry Rozier played 23 minutes, had four points, three rebounds, two assists. Didn't have a very good game in particular. Chris Jones, in 21 minutes, was one of one of ten from the field. I'm done with Chris Jones. Three points. Done. One assist, two steals. What about Russ Smith? Russ Smith actually, on paper, had a great game. 7-16 from the field. He had 19 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, only 2 turnovers. So, look up, very efficient game from Russ Smith. Look up Chris Jones' stats from the first game. Chris Jones. He's from Memphis. He so basically, Memphis. he tried to do too much in both games. And that's why they lost. He wants to, These are guys that he grew up playing against. He wants to make a good impression. He was too worried about himself than worried about the team in both of those games. I think I don't I don't think that that's necessarily the Memphis based just on Memphis games. I think that that's been his consistent mo. And he two of those people cannot play on the floor. Like Russ is a scorer. I won't say that he's selfish because he's definitely not a selfish player at all. But they both have scoring mentalities. They have different philosophies totally. But you cannot have a Russ Smith and another Russ Smith on the court at one time. It's not going to work. So I think the reason why Terry Rozier is such a great balance is because he truly does try look to distribute. He'll take the open shot when he has it. But um, yeah, I, I, there's no. I'm done with Chris. Jones. Against, against Temple, Chris Jones had nine points, eight assists. So he had a very good game against Temple, the lowly Temple. I mean, that's not a um, much to brag about. Huge, I think his last boy. really good game was. But Chris Jones had a good game, and UK. then he came back and against Memphis, he did not play well. 
let me say one thing. Ashley, you are the you are a U of L fan through and through. Yes. But you are a voice of reason. You uh, Well thank you. you I are, try. <laughs> well wait a minute, you are a very realist. Wow. Uh, I'm a UK fan through and through. I'm a realist also. I think U of L is gonna have a really tough time. You know, really, really tough time. They have no middle. They're very soft there. I think UK is gonna have a tough time because for some reason uh, I'm having deja vu all over again of last year with UK. And that's unfortunate, Carlo, but that, that's my perception. They're one game so, off from where they were last year. So they're not far off from being the NIT team that they were last year. Hate me for saying that. The difference is this year is, is that they're going to be the number one ranked team in the nation here in about a week. If they do, that's a very interesting point. It could happen. It will happen. I called it. If they win at Florida... And they almost pulled off a nice comeback last night against. You know what? The uh, man, I, I've seen a lot of bad refereeing in my life. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, seriously, I've seen a lot of bad refereeing in my whole life. But I can't. The the Arkansas game and the South Carolina game, it was it was bad. And I'm sure every team that comes in rep arena says it was the bad. same thing. I mean, the last night wasn't a rep arena, but the Arkansas game was. I'm you know, saying that. But it, it was in general. It was some of the worst refereeing I've seen in my life in both of these last two games. Let's see what our callers think about right. it. Right. Please call Kelly, in, what do you I'm think? 502, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln, Buzzline 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get engaged with the show here. We haven't really even delved into to Kentucky's loss to Frank Martin-led South Carolina. And Cinderius Thornwell, the Derby classic veteran, so had a good game last night. We got a lot to talk about the rest of this way on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo, Ashley, Todd, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. about the greatness that is the University of Kentucky and the University of Louisville. Todd, can you play the laughter track when he says nonsense like I said that? and the University of Louisville. See, no, I was giving a little no, props. you aren't. You aren't. <laughs> so before you cut me off, see, see, when I try to be nice, it doesn't work. But we were talking about Louisville's devastating loss at Memphis yesterday. It's not a devastating loss. Don't exaggerate. What does this mean for going into March Madness? Are they capable of going all the way? I mean, will they make it past the first round? Will this be another Creighton year? For the University of Louisville. Uh, Creighton? Yeah, Creighton. Remember Creighton beat them in the first round? Creighton no. is good. You don't remember that? No. Are you serious? Yeah. When was it? Yeah, when it was, was like that? five years ago. No, it didn't. That Living didn't in the Creighton past. did beat them in the first round. Living in Washington. the past. Washington. I don't ever remember. Google it. I don't remember Creighton, Creighton beat Louisville, Louisville in the first I don't round. Yes, they did. did not happen, Carl. I think you made that up. Wow. Carlo made it okay, up. Okay, wow. I want a roundtable discussion. Do U of L and U of K make the tournament? 
Oh, U of L for sure. UK question mark. They will make it, but they won't make it past the first, round, the, the second round. There's no way. You if Kentucky that. continues this downward spiral and Cal to continues to get thrown out of games and then ditch on the the post game press conference and he completely abandons his team, which it appears that that the UK team is spiraling out of control, may be happening. Let me ask you this: Th- then they could lose to Al- to Alabama. It could happen, and then they won't make the tournament. Who's the next UK head coach? Let's talk about that. <laughs> Carla, what do you have to say? Since you are always telling us how great a coach Coach Cal is, what's going on? He's not going anywhere. Hmm. He's not. I mean, listen, the good thing about this year is that we're going to get a lot of these players back next year, except Julius Randle. The Twins, they should be back. But it's going to be stronger. It's going to be a stronger team next year. It's going to be a team to watch out for. They have the greatest recruiting class of all time coming in, don't they? <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> right? That's what we heard last year, Carlo. You can't oh deny my that. Gosh, Kelly. Ev- that was hilarious. <laughs> Everybody just ev- right. We heard that last year. We guys, you don't understand. Guys, the Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd, girl, Chris. That was a hell of a class. That's nothing like the class we have coming in this year. That's what I heard. <laughs> like I said, Brandon J. Lawrence. <laughs> I want to hear your your feedback on it. That's what I heard. You know what the South Carolina. You know what. Years ago, Scotty Thurman and the Arkansas Razorbacks came in and beat UK at home in Rupp Arena. You know that, right? Years ago. Yeah, years ago. Arkansas. I mean, it's not unusual for us to lose against Arkansas at home. Well, it doesn't matter. It's We're talking before. about 2014. So, you know, we lost against South Carolina. It's a division. It's not like it's a team outside our conference, man. It it's a conference. Matter. It's a conference. It's, it's in the conference. It's not a bad loss. Just like Memphis, you know, they're in your conference. You lost to Memphis. It's not too bad, but it is a ranked team. They're, yes, they're a very good basketball team. Should we have lost to them? Absolutely not. My point is, your it's point not a point. Is, your point is, can we focus on University of Kentucky? Can you give us your synopsis on what, hey, what happened in, in the game last night? They're in trouble. That's Tell what us happened. what happened last night. Why? Look, why Kentucky's they take in trouble. Loss? I don't know how they lost. You know what it is? They need to slow down and actually run plays. That's a problem. But last you know, week when I said you guys only run two plays, you were like, no. No, I said we need to run more plays. I didn't say we ran two plays. I said you only run two but plays. We, 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 they run more than two plays, but they need to run more plays. They need to slow it down. If you watch the Arkansas game, man, I can't tell you how many times they just the dribble drive, man. It doesn't work for everything. Can't always dribble drive. They have to sit there and run plays. Andrew Harris, the Harrison, whichever way, one of the twins, number five, number two, needs to call plays, man. If not, put Paulson in the freaking game and let him run the offense. So, I actually like Paulson. We got a caller, Kelly. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. As if the other wasn't. Now, this is this is a regular caller. Jeff Gordon's gay. Jeff Gordon's gay. And at least that's what them only Earnhardt fans always say. They swear he's using Vaseline on the 24 Chevrolet. Jeff Gordon's gay. He must be gay. He wears rainbow colors. He's a handsome fella standing in victory lane with a gorgeous ex-wife with a chicken her head <laughs> sipping on gay champagne. And them Earnhardt fans up in the stands chucking on bread and spam. Say Gordon's gay every time he turned and hugged Ray Abernham. Jeff Gordon's gay. He must be gay. What the hell is this, Todd? This is the late great Tim Wilson who passed away this week. Oh, okay. Carolina, are you there? Carolina. Carolina. Listen, he must be gay. 
Now he's got about four Winston Cups at home on his trophy shelf. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, we lost him. Call back, Carolina. We lost you on the on so phones. I'm pulling a Kelly Patrick. We'll get Carolina. We really enjoyed him. We enjoyed him joining us last week in studio to preview the the. Uh, the, uh, the the race last week where Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt won. won, and I called it. I said last week that Dale Earnhardt will win, and he won. Well, at least you called something right I'm always this week. right. No, you're not always right. Always right. Never. These lips are always right. <laughs> Cue the laugh track. Oh, my gosh. I think we're getting our man Carolina Steve back on the line. I know that we're, we're switching topics here, but uh, a texter last week, Steve, recommended I watch the YouTube video. Of a December 2013 uh, Jay Moore roast. Well, I won't call it a roast, but something where he went up on stage at a NASCAR event and started making all sorts of really inappropriate jokes. I thought it was awesome. I watched it about 15 minutes. I'll send you guys the link. It was awesome. Jay Moore gained my respect through that process. Danica Patrick was so mad during that event that I, I, I loved it. I don't like Danica after that. We're going to head to the buzz line. We have our man Carolina back on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? Well, what you saw was the NASCAR Awards Banquet from Las Vegas, Nevada, and Jay Moore was the host. What did you think of that, Carolina? I loved it. Oh, it's uh, it's great. I think uh, the funniest thing I like, you said, uh, Danica, this is the first time you've been this close to the league. <laughs> Before she was sitting and everything. Yeah, but, uh, a lot of funny stuff. I, I, it was amazing. 15 minutes of great comedy, stepping on everybody's toes. He kept he kept referencing Jeff Gordon. We're going to add an extra month and, and, and really poking fun at a lot of the relevant topics within the sport of NASCAR. It was great. Speaking of Je- uh, Jeff Gordon, have you seen the YouTube video of him actually driving the cab for, uh, for the guy who... Uh, who put, uh, who came out and that he was a, uh, it was a fake in the Pepsi, uh, Pepsi Max commercial. It's on YouTube now. I did not see that. I'll check it out. It is great. He actually drives. They take an old abandoned, uh, area there that's got wirehouses and stuff in, uh, Charlotte area and he drives and he scares the you know what out of that guy. <laughs> what is uh, going back to you? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Carolina. What did you think of 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 Junior making his big splash and winning last week? Oh, that is the greatest thing. Uh, I know I was pulling for the number three, but when number eighty eight won and got out there, it was just just great. It's uh, like the world is back in kilt now with uh, everything. Junior, it, it's interesting about the week that he had. He went, uh, they put him on the plane after uh, Monday morning because he had, you know, his car, he won't run that car for a year now. It's in the uh, Daytona Experience at Daytona Speedway, and it even has that uh, bear bond uh, on the front grill, and that is actually what helped him win the race. I want to know something, Caroline, if you don't mind. Uh, we were talking before we got you online. Uh, how'd you like that Jeff Gordon's gay song by Tim Wilson? I know he's one of your favorites. Oh, my! Fa- I've got about four favorites. Number one is not even a racing song. It's the first Baptist bar and grill. Right, right. 
Where the wine is always that is, chilled. That's Michael Waltrip's favorite song. Okay. Well, I played Jeff Gordon's game because, you know, you being a NASCAR fan like you are. Yeah, I tell you, that's good. Uh, I like Daryl Daryl Waltrip. That's, that was my first favorite song that I ever heard of his. And I bet you like and Chuck then I also like the one about Bend at Talladega. Oh, I haven't heard that one. But I thought you liked Chuck E. Cheese Hell is what I thought you'd like. It's, it's good. I like it, too. Uh, I I went to see Tim Wilson four or five times here in Louisville, and you know that he was living in Louisville now. Right. And I went down to the Comedy Caravan and saw him, and I just enjoyed him because when you're there with him, you can ask for certain songs, and uh, all, the, all the SEC fans loved the song about Ricky Tidwell's mom. Oh, yeah. She had Playing very bright tattooed uh, on her forearm. <laughs> that, that, that's one of his great ones, but he was a big NASCAR fan. He also uh, was here during the week of the Derby, and... Uh, on Facebook, uh, Bob Valvano had a real nice uh, little uh, thing uh, on his post about Tim Wilson and everything. Oh, by the way, Kelly, have you looked at Facebook this weekend? A little bit. What, what, what are you referring to there, Carolina? I'm referring to the picture of the person beside the number three car at Richard Childress Racing. Let's see. Is it on your profile? That happens to be me standing beside the number three of Austin Dillard. Oh, yeah. Let's see here. Okay. Yeah, I see it. Austin run 10th, I believe. So, this this past week. But he ran ninth at, uh, there. He starts 30th today, I think, or something yeah. like that. My favorite, uh, my favorite rookie is Alex Bowman. Keep an eye on that kid. So... Uh, Alex Bowman, I I used to see him race at Salem. He was a star guy. guy. That's right. For some, for some reason, he was always spinning my buddy Frank Kimmel out. That's why. So, I like uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's going to be good. Uh, they got several. Yesterday, you want to see the rookies. The future of NASCAR was in that race with okay. uh, Bill Elliott's son was in there. Yes. So was. Uh, uh, what about number? Uh, what about car twenty four? Ray Ray Jenkins. Who? Ray Ray Jenkins. We also had a guy from uh, Jeffersonville in that race yesterday. Who was that? Frank Stanky Will. Will Will in the race. Will third. He, he finished. Uh, he had his uh, transmission go out, right. and uh, he didn't have a good finish, but. Uh, it, that was good. I listened to it coming home yesterday and got here in time enough to watch Kyle uh, Bush celebrate. They ran into, can you believe it rained in the desert? Right. And everything. But uh, it's, it's been an interesting week in sports. Uh, while I was in North Carolina, I got to watch NC State and Carolina play. And uh, NC State, if they could make a uh, free throw, they would have beaten Carolina. But that, it was a great individual matchup. That left-handed uh, guard for Carolina really played good, and T.J. Warren from uh, NC State played good. And uh, then my alma mater, car, uh, well, where I played college football, Carlo, had a big win yesterday. Indiana? Who's, who's that, Carolina? University of South Carolina. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> you, know, you know, I knew he was going to rub it in, Carolina. I knew it. It was a good win. It was uh, 
when I was there, we had real good ball clubs. Frank McGuire was the coach, and we had uh, Bobby Crimmins, who was the coach at Georgia Tech, was the point guard. We had John Roach, John Reebok, Riker. We had a real good team uh, and everything. But uh, Carolina, I, I know you know this. I was trying to think. South Carolina beat UK a while back. Who was that point guard they had that, ran, that just ran wild on UK that year? Devin Downey? I remember that guy. Was he the guy that played who football? Devin, who was it? Devin Downey Jr. is what I was thinking. I, I, don't, think I, I don't know who you're talking about, but it may have been Jun- Downey. Is that who it was? Carolina was a point guard, little guy. He's like 5'9". Five, five, I five remember that guy. Carolina. I don't remember his name. I remember watching the game, but... Uh, it's that's good. And by the way, Carlo, my alma mater, where I actually graduated from, is undefeated against Kentucky at Kentucky. Wow, Carolina! I have a ooh. With the Sorry to interrupt here, guys. Carolina, we really appreciate the call. We're Thanks, up, buddy. Up against the break. The phone lines are filling up. Thanks so much for calling in, Carolina. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Have a great rest of your weekend. Carolina was kind of rubbing it in. He was rubbing it in. We yeah. will be back with more. Of the weekend sports buzz. Yes, but- well, was a great athlete. He was a big, strong boy that was quick on his feet. And every college in the country wanted Ricky on their line. But when the scouts come knocking on Ricky's door, they didn't want to talk to young Rick no more. When they saw his mama, she's the one they wanted to sign. <laughs> she was a rollbone woman raised on a farm, had bare brown tattooed on her forearm. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, along with Carlo, Ashley, and Todd coming at you. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until 12 by Brandon J. Lawrence, the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. What's the J stand for today, Carlo? When you come when you come back from break, I like you say my whole name, Carlo Kellum. Don't just say Carlo. But, uh, Carlos, you oh would prefer gosh. in the future. <laughs> oh my god, five hundred two. No, I'm bitter, man. I feel like I'm being picked He's, on today. How are you being picked you on? Know, You're being it, a brat. J stands for justice. J stands for justice. Not for five, Julius Randall. Five hundred two five eight seven zero zero four one. Be sure to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We are going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have our man Brian the Insider who is on assignment down in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area covering the Santa Anita uh, event from yesterday. How you doing this morning, Brian? Oh, I'm doing great, guys. How's everyone, Ashley and? Carlo, I didn't catch your middle name, Carlo, but Kelly, Carlo, Ashley, Helen. <laughs> okay, I'll, ma- I'll make sure I add that to the list. Uh, but how's everybody doing this morning? Good. How Good, are you, Brian? How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm glad. So, hope you hear everything. All oh, horse racing, no basketball today, right? Well, I've got a prediction. I've got uh, at the end of my uh, uh, derby update. I've got one college basketball prediction, but I'll keep you in suspense of that. But uh, the reason I was calling in, I was down at Gulfstream yesterday. Uh, and there were some uh, derby implications going on. Uh, there was, uh, it, it did not, it, for some reason, the Swale Stakes, which is a der- uh, can Florida Derby prep race, lost its derby points, but still had a couple real highly regarded Colts in it. Um, Havana, which uh, was going to get a lot of local play because of the Cuban population here in South Florida, was scratched with a quarter crack. Todd Fletcher had to scratch him, but uh, a very impressive-looking 
black, all black horse named No Name Never, uh, went off at two to five in the swale. And I guess that's why they run him. He, he got caught in the stretch, uh, big upset by a horse named Spot, a pulpit horse, uh, trained by, uh, Nick Cito, who is no stranger to the Derby. Nick was ecstatic in there and planned to send that horse on to the uh, Florida Derby, which allow him in. The next race was the Palm Beach, uh, and it was won by a, a very impressive horse, uh, who was a $1.5 million purchase, uh, at, at Keeneland, uh, horse named Gala Award. So keep an eye on that horse. But over at Aqueduct yesterday in New York, they ran the $500,000 Gotham, which did give you Derby points. And we're now into the, middle season of the derby preps which uh is 50 uh 50 points and that went to a horse named samrock who was extremely impressive in a very very close uh, race and uh he went off as the favorite and won and he is definitely going to be progressing on the uh derby path in new york that derby path goes to the wood memorial uh which is the big prep there so uh things are really moving along next week uh, a week from Saturday, we've got two 50-point races coming up, the Tampa Bay Derby, uh, obviously at Tampa Bay, and then the San Felipe 50-point race at San Anita. So uh, things are really starting to you know, go full blast, but it's interesting to note that the Churchill just closed uh, another round of their Derby wagering, and uh, the, the betting favorite is the all-other fields. Uh, now, I know Tyler, in years past, when he was on the show, he thought that was the name of a horse, but that is not a name of a horse. That means nobody really knows who's going to win the Derby. So if they, they put out about 20 betting interest, and if nobody likes those, then you can bet all, all other, and that's a horse that hasn't even been put on the radar. So He looks like again, be, all others look to derby. be 8-1 to one there, Brian, from yesterday. Yeah. And I'll tell you, yeah, who's okay. your favorite? My favorite this year so far is Honor Code. Yeah, I like Honor Code. Although I do, I do wonder why he hasn't run. I mean, he yeah. uh, he uh, he got hurt. He's uh, he's he's not really hurt, but he's. Uh, I really don't have a favorite. That's a great question. I, I'm kind of like the betting public. I don't know, and these are such late developing horses uh, that uh, I'm going to have to let it play out. I really don't. Uh, I kind of went in there yesterday at Goldstream hoping to see a horse. Uh, I really wanted to see Havana, who finished second right. in the juvenile last Love year. Love Havana, but. Uh, yeah, he came up with a quarter crack, Fletcher said yesterday morning, so that he had to be scratched. Big disappointment for the people there at Gulfstream, but that's a good question. I really don't have a favorite right now, and uh, that's what makes the Derby so wonderful is that it's uh, it's so wide open, and this year's edition looks to be exactly Brian, the same. Brian, so, sorry to interrupt Thanks you there. For we, we are we are shortly up against uh, another another call that we have lined up here. Before we let you go, Brian. Can we get your prediction for the rest of the season? And then we, we actually got to cut to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line again. We got our man Derek Anderson on the line. We want, no offense to you, Brian. You oh. are our insider. No offense to you. By all means, we want to make sure we keep Derek on the line. What's your predictions for the rest of the year? And then we'll let you go. Well, the prediction I had is one single prediction, and that is take a good look at Coach Cal because this is his last year at Kentucky. Wow. I think he's gone. I really do. I think he's going to have some great uh, NBA prospects. I think it, by looking at his frustration level and the fact that he's missed so many press conferences, I think he's had it. It's, he's got a very tough job trying to mold freshmen every year. It's a very taxing job, and that's my prediction that uh, Coach Cal will be gone. But I can't wait to hear Derek Anderson. He's one of my favorite all-time 
college and pro players. So I can't wait to hear Derek. And I'll let you guys go. I love the show. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Have Brian. a great rest of your weekend. We are going to head back to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line for our man, Derek Anderson, who, coming off the heels of a Kentucky loss yesterday and a Rick Patino loss, he has probably one of the more interesting and unique perspectives on both of the situations. How are you doing this morning, Derek? I'm good. about yourself? Doing great. We really appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, before we get into some specifics regarding the games this morning, what, what do you have going on? Update our listeners. What's what's going on with Derek Anderson as of late? Uh, actually, I just write books and movies, man. I've been on my books for almost a year now, a year and a couple of weeks. And it's been exciting just trying to help and uplift uh, people in general and getting this society to love each other again. So it's been fun. It's been cool. How can our listeners follow what it is you've been doing as of late? I mean, do you have a, a website, or how, how can people get engaged and really follow what the impact Derek Anderson's trying to make these days? Well, you can look up on all my social media sites. It's Derek L. Anderson Sr., uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, my site is DerekAndersonWorks.com, and they can follow and see what I'm doing. And We'll be filming a movie within a year in uh, Louisville for a little while, so it'll be fun. Derek, during the introduction, I, I mentioned that I think you have a very unique and interesting perspective on both losses from yesterday. We know the Cards and Cats lost yesterday. Before we get to your former coach, Rick Pitino, I'm going to ask you, what do you think of this Kentucky basketball team right now? Are they really as low as they seem? Well, it's just a difference of coaching. And Coach Cal's a great guy, but he's more of, of allowing a player to be free and do what they do, because I've been, the reason I'm calling in is because I've been watching all the people talk about Kentucky, and I wanted to tell Carlos, like, you realize last year is the same situation that we had every year with Coach Cal is the play calling, and I think he's all he's allowing them to do that, like, that's that's a different style. If you call it coaching, fine, but when you watch South Carolina run a backdoor play to a guy named, I don't even know this guy's name, don't nobody even know this guy, but he gets a backdoor lot that we have zero plays like that for our guys and we're the, the, the longest team in the league in the country, it just bothers me that we don't pay attention to that. And I don't want people to keep criticizing Cal or the team because they're just doing what they're doing, but they're young. And if you allow that team to not put in X's and O's into what they ex- execute really well, then you're going to lose the game. People are just going <clears> to <throat> outthink you, and that 90% of the game is mentally. So for me, it was just making sure these fans and everyone understood if you allow young kids to act young, they're going to make young decisions. And, and for us, we need to get more exits than those with our players, and that's what's been frustrating me. I'm ready to go back to coach now. I was gonna, that was my <laughs> next question, Derek. Uh, do you have any aspirations for coaching? I've been offered coaching NBA and college for years. Even while I played, they asked me to coach when I was about to retire. But I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to get away from the game of basketball for a little while just to clear my mind. And I had, you know, I finally met my parents and, <laughs> I kind of want to get a relationship with my mom after 28 years. So, you know, I had personal things I wanted to take care of. And you got the now itch now? That, I'm you, sorry? You have the itch now? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, that's it's, it's almost been forced. It's almost been forced in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching this. And uh, it's, it's different, man. You look at Coach Routine on the way he coaches. He's taking a team of no top, uh, you know, top prospects in the NBA last year and won a national championship. So that lets you know that if you put a few X's and O's, you can get a lot of a better product. 
Now, I spoke with you a couple years ago, Derek, and, and it was coming off the heels of, I think, the South Florida loss at home on senior night. Devastating loss. Your response when I asked you about that loss was, Rick Pitino knows how to coach. Um, in a similar situation right now for Kentucky, they're at a very low point. Cal, we all know, was ejected from the game yesterday. Didn't even show up for the, the, the post-game press conference. How does Cal come back and rebound from this? I mean, are they ready to poise to make a run, kind of like the, the, the Terrence Jones-led team a few years ago where they actually did end up making the Final Four, which surprised a lot of people? Does this team have that in them? Yeah, this team can beat anybody. That's the whole point. It's like they're so talented. They can beat anybody in the country. Like, there's no one who, can, who can't say that if Kentucky was to beat Arizona, Duke, or someone like that, that it would be like, crazy to think that like if you looked at our talent you're like well they beat they match everyone around the table and they're athletic and, and you know our bench is better so there's no reason why we can't we can't go far in the tournament but again we have to realize that if we play someone who uses x's and o's and outworks us then we're going to have problems and we need to learn that and only way you learn that man is through practice and experience so no one's acting if you look at the five five remember they won two years in a row and had four nba guys top three picks you know, you yep. can't win if you don't think the game, and that's the difference. So, talent doesn't always win games. Talent helps you put you over the, over the top once you once you prepare yourself for it. So, I'm looking forward to the tournament. But if they send us out west, we might make it. <laughs> so, Derek, let me ask you this: So, do you think that Kentucky has a chance of beating Florida at Florida? You know, Florida will probably be the number one team after today. Do you think they actually have a shot of winning at Florida? Again, we can beat anybody. You see, we'll lose the one team and beat another team. Like that's the way our, our team is built. But if 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 we had X's and O's, I would confidently sit there and say yes. But because we just play basketball, and we don't we don't have the situation where these guys can maximize their full potential. It's, it's again, it was fifty fifty at that point. But I think if we had more situations, these guys actually knew what, what plays to run, what things to do, put them in positions to to succeed as far as play calling. I think we would, I would I would confidently say yeah, we can be them. But right now. If we go down there and let them guys just play and beat us out of our game, uh, as far as taking us out for one-on-one, yeah, we'd get killed. One thing that concerns me about this team is that I don't know who the leader is. Is, is there part of that? <laughs> is there any leadership that you see on the team? Who's the leader of, our, of the of the Wildcats? Right I mean, now, back in the day, you know, they had you. You know, they they had you know they've had the Antoine Walkers and Tony Delks. Who's the leader? I don't. I mean, that's the one thing that's frustrating to me is that I don't know who the leader is of this team when it comes to clutch time. Dude, but the thing is, like when I played, I was a junior. Tony Delk was a senior. Mark Poe was seniors. But I was the one that verbally spoke up all the time because I had been in the trenches. I had been in the tournament. I had been in tough games. Like it was experience. Like I wasn't even a senior, but I was almost like the captain, and everybody listened to me. So it was more like you know who's going to step up and be it. Julius leads the team in scoring, but he doesn't say anything. You know, Young is a top athlete, but he doesn't say anything. The Twins have the ball all the time, but they don't say anything. You know, Poulter's and Willie Carstines are the guys that came back, but they don't say anything. And it's all because there's no position to put on them that who's going to step up and be that because there's no experience in winning. So to me, I think the coach needs to, to establish that, and, and you'll have people, you know, willing to follow. You can't If you watch this team, our team, man, how many times do you see them pout the course of the game? Ninety percent of the time, they're pouting. And it's like, come on, man, you got to play basketball. People won't score on you. But your process is to continue to play the game. And I think that's just because we haven't put onus on who should be the captain. If you get a captain, people follow that captain. All about how hard he plays and how hard he thinks. And I'll make Paulson the captain. At least I know he's going <laughs> to give me everything he got. <laughs>
Derek, in the post-game radio show yesterday, Cal Perry said he told his players to act more like they did after he was ejected. After he to act like he did after he was ejected. He wanted them to be have fire. He said that they're counting on me too much. Cal was ejected, and then he didn't show up for his post-game press conference. What do you think of the way Cal handled things yesterday? I think he was just in the moment. You know, I seen uh, the Cincinnati coach get into the referee the other day. I think that he in the moment catches people, you know, off guard a little bit. Uh, but that's just that's just some people's, you know, personality and traits. Like to me, that's something I wouldn't do. But you know, we're all different in a situation. I, I think he should have spoke. But again, he uh, he has the right to to voice his his uh, opinion about what he's doing. I think Cal's a great guy. You know, he's always looked out for us. And no one will ever question his, his loyalty to us or his players or to the university. You know, only thing I just wish he would he would coach these guys a little different. You know, I know he wants to let them play their game and get them to the pros and whatnot, but, I mean, college is the best time of your life, and I think they should embrace that. These kids are not even thinking about winning the national championship. They're worried about getting to the NBA, and it's obvious. So that's the frustrating part. They're going to miss college once they go to the NBA and see it's a job and not where you get to have fun with guys and win championships. That's when you become immortal. Um, Derek, do you think, uh, you know, the NBA commissioner, the new commissioner, has been talking about raising the age to 20? Um, how much do you think that would affect a school like UK where a lot of the kids come in and play one year and leave? Uh, we would beat the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> of course you had to say that to me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it would make a huge difference. You would get, like, if John Wall was there for two years with the guys that came in, I mean, Marcus Cousin needed two years. He still needs more years now. The way he acts, but I just, I just think it helps us out. It even helps the NBA because you look at the NBA now, and I don't even know who you guys are on the bench. You know, we were coming out. You know, yeah. everyone person yeah. on the bench, who's college guys went to Michigan State and UConn sitting on the bench. You're like, oh, I remember that guy. Now you look at the bench, you're like, who are these people? Yeah. But they're senior players from small town schools who getting opportunities. You know, and that's the thing. Like you look at Wichita State. Like we would have never known Wichita State. Because they have four seniors, they're beating all these freshmen and sophomore built teams because everyone's rushing to the NBA. So I think the rules should – I almost say it could be a junior because it really helps you develop mentally. You know, even if it's like football, when you redshirt and play two years, you can go. But, but we definitely need to get these kids. Because you know, they say age 20, all kids going to do is go to prep school for one year and then still go to college. Mm-hmm. So they're going to find a loophole. I just think you need to have at least three years. Because, I mean, what, what can it hurt? You know, people say, well, I get injured. Man, I took both both ACLs, and I still made the 13th pick in a lot. Like, I don't buy that. You just have to play basketball, and it's going to happen for you. It's going to happen. If not, don't worry about it. You know, life goes on. So it, uh, it needs to at least be three years. 21 at least, you know, you should at least be able to, you know, go out to a club with your teammates. You got guys now that got their parents hanging away when they go to the club, which is making a million dollars. It's like, what? Like, come on, man. It's, it's it's making basketball really bad. It's hard to watch basketball now because these guys don't know, understand how to think the game or how to act. So it's frustrating. Derek, I know that you also played for Rick Bettino. What did you think of the Louisville loss yesterday? And what do you see this Louisville team? Uh, you know, how high is their ceiling in the tournament? Is this a Final Four team? Oh yeah, Louisville's Final Four because they've been there before. You know, Louisville Louisville does this all well. I'm not gonna say Louisville does it all the time, but a lot of great teams do it all the time. They get into a position to where they have to find out who they are when it's a tough game, and now in the tournament they'll find that out because you can't be up. Was it like eight points you got to go up or something like four minutes ago, and they came back and, and lost. And it's like 
you got veteran players, you got to understand time and score, you know, those type of things. And I think that's the, that's the only knock I've ever had on Russ Smith is his understanding of time and score. He shouldn't be fouling people. He should say, hey, I got to get this up because I can come down and hit a game winning. You know, situations like that that I think he needs to improve on. But that team knows better than that. And I think in a tournament, you know, once one and out, they won't get caught up in that unless they play a team like, like a Wichita who's, who, who's smart enough to know to, to pressure them at the end of the game. So I just know Rick Pitino thinks better than that. He, he depended on his players a little too much. I think he should have called a different situation, but I think he was trying to let his players develop like he did, like he did with us. Uh, we lost to Mississippi State. He allowed, you know, Antoine to sit on the bench for 14 minutes to prove a point, and we lost. So he prepares the team mentally, and that's what makes him a great coach. Derek, we really appre- we weren't planning on talking to you this morning. We really appreciate you calling in and speaking with us. I want to let you know you're welcome to call in anytime you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Carlo, we gotta get get our mind right, man. We gotta gotta get coach. Get go down there and talk to coach. We'll do. Uh, Derek, <laughs> thank you very much. You know we're right up against the hour. The segment that has been sweeping. The city and the local radio industry as a whole is called Ashley's Crazy or Ashley's Loco Cinco. <laughs> comes on at eleven o'clock, so we'll do we'll get to that right when we come back from our break. Derek, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Great stuff there. Not a scheduled great, great, guest. Great insight. That's yes. what the weekend sports buzz brings to you. It's not a scheduled guest. Derek just wanted to call in and, and chat with us. Carlo, Ashley, Todd, and I. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly Patrick. Lovely Ashley Danielle is going to break down her top five crazy sports stories of the week. Looks like Ashley's computer is not cooperating with her. Two weeks in a row. Which is fine. We've got plenty of material to talk about after that great, unexpected call from Derek Anderson last segment. Great insight. Great insight. On the state of Kentucky basketball. Couldn't really be better. Not just Kentucky Wildcats, but Rick Pitino. I mean, he sounded like he wasn't making many bones about it. He was critical of Coach Cal's coaching. I mean, I said it earlier in the show. They need to, they need, like he said, man, South Carolina was throwing lobs. We need plays. We need execution. You can't just dribble drive. You know, it, it, they have to execute plays, man. I haven't been seeing that. Like I said, I like to see more of Paulson in the game. I said that earlier in the show. I think Paulson brings a different dynamic and different mixture to those guys, uh, you know, on the court. Maybe John Hood should be the leader of the team. He's the veteran, right? He's been there through all the John Walls, the uh, – the Goodwins, and yeah, he's been there. It's looking more and more like Coach Cal. I won't say got lucky, no, but he yeah, he, had no, an, no, he no. recruited Anthony Davis, so he deserves all the credit in the world for that. But he won I'll, a national championship, Kelly Patrick. You can't discredit that. You can't say it was uh, no, no. But what I, I wasn't done with my point. I was saying it's not that he got lucky. He recruited Anthony Davis. That's all him. But that his style met a perfect match of guys like Darius Miller. And some carryover, Josh Harrelson even early on, and that he had some guys who Billy Gillespie had recruited who were four-year players, able to come in 
and really help that team. You need well, upperclassmen. You do, but you it's know, never happened without I, I, some I upperclassmen. With, I agree with the two-year rule, boys. But here's the problem: Can we not argue? Let's yeah. let's For just here. go. Let's just go well, to we'll, the top five. We'll, one more let's, quick point. Let's not. Here's the problem: <laughs> I, I agree with the two-year rule. Uh, it should be a two-year rule like college football. But the problem with that is that your top NBA stars right now are straight out of high school. Kevin Durant's not. Anthony one Davis year. is not. One year. That's not straight out of high school, though. I said your top players, LeBron James. Kevin Durant's the MVP Kobe right Bryant. Now. Kevin Durant's the he MVP. He hasn't won the award Kobe yet. Bryant's Kobe Bryant's going to retire. Yeah, I'm just saying he's straight out of high school. Dwight name. Howard. Dwight Howard. But a lot of Chris Paul. <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of counter uh, points to that. And like I say, we don't know Blake who these players. I, I remember back in the day, I could name just about every college player on every NBA team. Seriously, I used to I used to sit there and watch games back to back. I don't know me, half these guys me, me in the NBA right me now. Me too. I don't know half of them. You know, I, I, are you saying that, that them, the fact that many of them did not go to college has something to do with that? Many of them didn't go to college. Like I said, they're going to small schools and they're coming straight. You know, one two years and they're going straight to the pros. It's hard to get to know these guys uh, nowadays with the current system. Okay, so the marketing and the branding is is what you're saying of the NBA is suffering because guys aren't sticking around in college. I, I can go with that, but then again, it's it's like I can't have my my cake and eat it too because I think they should stay for two years. But then again, I don't think it's fair for them not to be able to to go straight to the pros. Yeah, so but, it's an interesting topic. Yeah, interesting with no topic. further ado, she's crazy. We had to cut our man Derek <laughs> Anderson off because of the publicity and the excitement here in the local <laughs> community surrounding. Ashley's crazy. So, we, with no further ado, we have Ashley's Loco Cinco. Well, guys, here's my top five. Do you guys know Jason Collins? You guys remember him? Yes, I'll never forget him. Yeah, okay. that, that sounded well. Weird. That did sound weird. Well, a, but Collins did became you have a shower moment like Tyler. Let's not go there. Uh, Collins became the NBA's first openly gay player when he signed with the Brooklyn Nets last Sunday. And he's wearing the number 98 jersey, and apparently that's been the bestseller in the NBA store.com. So he chose the number in tribute. Stop laughing. I was going to say so, but I'm not He say chose it. the number in tribute to Matthew Shepard, who was killed in a gay hate crime in 1998. Uh, Collins met Shepard's parents last Thursday when he played in Denver. So the NBA plans to donate proceeds from the sales of his jersey to the Matthew Shepard's Foundation and the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network. Uh, the league said on Friday that the donations will be no less than $100,000, and it would also auction Collins' autographed game-worn jerseys to benefit the same organization. So he said that he was thrilled to work with the organization. He was going to work tirelessly to ensure that LGBT youth get resources and assistance they need to be successful in life. This was kind of like a feel-good story for me, but pretty um, cool. I thought it was really awesome that he's gotten like such a really uh, warm... Reception, I think. No uh, offense right. to the He's story. been out for a whole year. You know what? In order for him to go to Brooklyn, Kevin Garnett had to sign off on that. Yep. So you're right. This speaks volumes. To, yeah, that speaks volume. You know, the leadership on that team. Even Jason Kidd, he's a he's a he's a you know he's a, a player guy, a, you know, players coach. Mm-hmm. So they had to sign off. I'm pretty sure they went to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce before they made this deal. Say, so, hey, you know, we need you know, what do you think about Jason Collins joining the team? And he was like, bring him on the team. I don't think it matters. I don't care. You know, I don't care if, you know, their sexual orientation. As long as they can come in and help you win basketball, football games, uh, with Tyler's situation, soccer games, that's all that matters. Yeah. Now, no offense to the story, and it is a feel-good story by all means. I like it. I'm serious. I'm a fan of the story. However, However. in order to get my vote in this contest, all something else needs to do 
in this, the other four <laughs> is to mention something about strippers or something like that, and I'll immediately <laughs> jump that story. No offense to the story. That's fine. <laughs> But it's probably not going to get my vote. But it is a good feel-good story. Well, thanks. Number two. Oh, oh my God. What is that? Oh, my gosh. Story, story number two. I'm Catholic, so that doesn't bother me. Wow. We're not going there. <laughs> the story number two. Richie Incognito apparently is being held in, on an involuntary psychiatric hold. about that. Do you guys hear about that? Yes. So, apparently, he's the one. He initially checked himself in. Uh, apparently Richie was hanging out with one of his friends a couple nights ago. They were drinking, talking about the drama in his life, um, talked about why he smashed up his Ferrari with a baseball bat. Did you guys hear about that story? Yeah. 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 Um, but apparently sources say that Richie's been on the verge of a, of a breakdown from all the stress connected to the Jonathan Martin, Martin scandal. His parents got divorced, all of that stuff. But uh, he was kind of wrestling with the idea of seeking psychiatric help for a while. And he apparently got really emotional during this conversation and decided he should seek immediate help. So they were too drunk to drive. They called the police and asked for a ride to the psychiatric facility where the sources said that Richie checked himself in. <laughs> he checked himself in, but shortly after he freaked out and wanted to leave. Um, but multiple people decided uh, that he should stay there for sure. They gave him an involuntary commitment um, that's on a clock. So apparently he, his family, they, they are leaving him there for now. So well, I, don't know. I, I think this is a, a, his agent probably have asked him to say, hey, man, you need to seek help. If you want to get back in the NFL, you have to prove that you're willing to get help in order to get your job back. So once they see him taking these type of drastic measures, he's seeking help, he's going into counseling, something he wasn't willing to do initially. He may get a second chance at yeah, NFL. Yeah, maybe a good PR move. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So you, you don't think that he sincerely? No. Come on, no. Does this... he have mental illness? Sure, he could be <laughs> diagnosed with something like that. He's crazy. I mean, penis to the air pitcher. I mean, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's crazy yeah. stuff. So do you think that he's? This is all publicity stunt. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a good PR PR move to get him back in the NFL to prove that he's willing to get help. That's what they want to see. You know, if he you know if he kept going the rate he was going, he was never gonna get a second chance. But now he's admitting guilt. He's admitting uh, his mistake. He's seeking help. He's seeking advice. That's uh, the right direct right direction to get him back in the NFL. Because hmm. if you, like I said, you ask anybody on Miami Dolphins now who they want back, Jonathan Martin or Richie Incognito, they're taking Richie Incognito. Now, yeah, are you sure? <laughs> oh yeah, that's all it took for him to say I need help. No, they did but even before that. Uh, they, okay. Regardless, they don't want Jonathan Martin back on the team. They wrote Richie Incognito back on the team. And I'm sure some other teams would allow him in their locker room as well. Now, th- that was a good story. I think Jason Collins' story is still getting my vote over that. Okay. I, I don't think I'll vote for Richie Incognito. I, don't, but. I mean, I'm not a fan. So, number three. Number three. So, we, we've been talking a lot about players coming out about their sexuality. And Deion Sanders made a statement about this saying that there was at least one gay player in every single NFL team locker room that, during his entire career. He said on the Arsenio Hall show a couple nights ago that um, they brought up the topic of Michael Sam, and he said he's not the first gay guy in the NFL. He's the first one to actually come out. He said, every team I played on, I think I played on five different teams, there was someone gay in the locker room. He said that he and his teammates always knew who the gay players were, and they only judged them based on their football ability. I believe that. He says that uh, that. he's a deeply religious guy who doesn't condone or condemn homosexuality, but he says we just got to give love to everybody. Do you guys think that's true, that guys have known forever? 
I think it's true that these guys know who who is and who isn't. But like you said, it comes down to playing football. They they they. I mean, come on, Adrian Adonis and wrestling. He got away with it for years. Who? <laughs> who? Adrian Adonis. Who know is Adrian that? Adonis? No. Right, Tyler knows. But anyway, uh, <laughs> stop so, taking yeah, shots knew. at Tyler. Yeah, they knew. Okay, story four. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched this, but there was an ugly scene this past week during the New Mexico State and uh, is it Utah Valley game? Yeah, I heard about you this. You heard about this? Um, so apparently the, the the fans and players stormed the court following the Wolverine 66-61 to 61 overtime victory on Thursday. Apparently the, the already tense scene was escalated when K.C. Ross Miller of New Mexico State threw a basketball at Utah Valley's Holton Huntaker's head. Um, as the buzzer went off. So apparently uh, that started a, a series of subsequent brawls in the middle of the court between players, fans. Apparently both players that were initially involved were suspended by their respective schools. Uh, their coach said that no matter what provokes the guy, KC, that what he did was inexcusable and hence the suspension. Uh, it's an honor and privilege from the wearing Aggie uniform and there's all this responsibility, blah, blah, blah. So then the, the the story went on to talk about maybe the fines that schools are given when people rush the floor are not enough. Maybe they should ban that altogether. What do you guys think? I think it's a security risk. We saw it when the Arkansas fans try to come out when they beat Kentucky at home in overtime. He tried to fight one of the Harrison twins. Wait, what? When, when the Arkansas fans came out on the court when they beat Kentucky at Arkansas, not this week's game, but when they were at Arkansas, when the fans tried to fight one of their, I forgot which Harrison Twain it was. I saw that, yeah. But yeah, the real little guy, he looked like yeah. the comedian. What's Sit- his name? Yeah. Kevin Hart. Did you <laughs> see him? Yeah, he I looked saw, really yeah. little, and he was like, situations Come at like me. that is why they don't need to storm the field. I'm storm the court. It should be banned. It's a, it's a, it's a risk and safety issue for the players and coaches. So should the fines be heavier? Yes, so I'm, think- I'm fine with that. Safety is important. Yeah. I don't day, want to bring my kids age, to a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is, is it become an uh, atmosphere where I'm not comfortable bringing my kids to a game? I hope not. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I agree. Fines should be uh, heavily enforced. Okay, last story. So, apparently, standing atop of the podium in Sochi is even more remarkable than you guys can probably imagine for Russian Olympic medalists. Uh, the Moscow Times reported that each Russian medalist received a fancy new car to commemorate the medal that he or she received in 2014 Winter Olympics. So Russian athletes who won gold medals have been rewarded with a Mercedes GL-class SUV worth $146,000. Wow, I thought they got a Yugo or something. No, <laughs> right, right? <laughs> um, so the, this Thursday, the Olympians were all presented their brand new set of wheels at this open ceremony with the prime minister. A uh, silver medalist got the keys to a Mercedes ML class worth 99000 and the bronze medalist, their car was worth fifty nine five. dollars uh, Apparently... They also received $200,000 cash for doing their country proud. I thought they were amateurs. Well, apparently this is their reward, their gold medal reward. Uh, So then there was a question because there was a couple of figure skaters that were 15 and 17 that aren't old enough to drive. And the prime minister said they'll get a driver along with their new car until they're old enough. What? Justin Bieber concert tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Until they're old enough to drive on their own. So I thought it was really awesome. Uh, Maybe everyone should move to Russia and become an Olympian, try to get a gold medal so you can get your Mercedes. Wow. Okay. We'll get your vote. Uh, I like the Deion Sanders story. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, he handled yeah. that really yeah. well. Yeah. That's good. I like the yeah, yeah. We're gonna like head to the, the Oxmoor yeah. Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, where I think for the first time in many weeks we got our man Truth on the line. How you doing this morning, Truth? Well, how y'all doing, y'all? All the ice is coming down on me. <laughs> Go ahead. You're on. Indiana one. <laughs> True. Thanks for finally making it into us. We are hanging in here. We didn't let the weather hold us back. What's going on with you this weekend, Truth? What's going on in the the sports world for the truth? Well, I'm sitting. I'm sitting watching swimming. Watching IU swimming team uh, swim on the Big Ten Network, and I'm waiting for four o'clock when the great Indiana Hoosier freshman class, uh, best freshman class in the country, come on upset Ohio State today. Wow. Okay. The best. And uh, what's going on in the Louisville, Kentucky today? What's the sports world with ice? It's icy here. Louisville lost yesterday on the road at Memphis. They were swept by Memphis yesterday. That's significant. Kentucky got BT. Yeah, you're right. Kentucky lost to South Carolina at South Carolina. So both programs coming off a big loss uh, yesterday, Truth. I mean, it's a a tough time right now. I got a question to ask you. I was talking to I'll tell you something. Uh, about about this time last year, everybody was happy uh, about the Cruden class. Kentucky had coming in, saying this is going to be the best class, going to be better than Michigan class. I can say for a fact, this has been a a failing year for Kentucky basketball because they was hyping them up that they're going to go to the Final Four, they're going to do this. Don't you think this has been a disappointing season for Kentucky basketball? It's not over yet. Thus far, it, it looks like it's a, a disappointing year. Well, well, However, they could still make a run. They could beat Florida at Florida, and then they could win the SEC tournament and get hot and make the final. I mean, hell, this is a talented team. It's you know, not truth, over yet. Unlike Tom Crean and this disappointing season, and actually the disappointing listen, career he's had at he's IU. Had a, he's had a couple better listen, 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 Crean's listen. had a, a disappointing career at IU. He's been a huge disappointment. No, he's listen, not winning. No, Hold on, hold on. You, I, I knew y'all was. I can get y'all started. I wanted to start the juice, the juice, the juice, the crew. Uh, you got me going on that one. Because Tom Crean has been a complete listen. failure at IU. Listen, no, here it happened. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Where's the national championship, torn. Truth? Listen, check this out. When you leave, lose Bob Knight and then you get Mike Davis, and then he took team, you to the championship, uh, Truth. Mike Davis took you to the national championship, something no with, one, with nobody Mike, expected listen, you to do. Listen, listen, with with Bob Knight players, okay? I want you to look at this. At Indiana, when we lost all our players, we couldn't even win a ball game. Tom Crean, and not, here's only, not only that, Tom Crean is able enough to get the guys in the state of Indiana to come back to Indiana. And not with high school coaches, they talk to the Indiana. When Mike Davis, Mike Davis wouldn't have nothing to do with Indiana high school basketball coaches in the in the state of Indiana. So guess what? It took Bettino twelve years to win a national championship at Louisville. And I'm willing to to stay with Tom Crean because I know Tom Crean gonna get together. I like well, the, the only difference about that is in. truth is that. Patino had won a championship previously to come into Louisville. So he had a little well, bit more I, rope. Tom listen, Crean has listen, never won anything. But listen, check this out. He went to Marquette. 
I'm a t I'm a I'd rather have Tom Cream than Brad Stevens. The only thing with and, the only thing Tom Cream has on his resume is that he coached Dwayne Wade. And and, and the open depot and he got a lot of other players. See, you know what your problem is? You you know what you lean to your own understanding and all of your ways you don't acknowledge truth because you reject truth because you Bridget. don't know how to receive truth. I'm just I'm just stating the facts, man. I mean, you, you brought up yeah. Patino. Patino won a championship prior to coming to Louisville. That's why he got 12 years. Tom Crean doesn't have 12 years. Tom Crean might not even have five years to get yeah, that right. Listen, listen. I'm the one speak for Indiana University, and not only that, the, when your but uh, you circle your calendar for December the ninth, uh, 2014 in New York, when we. Beat down Rick Pitino, uh in 2014. Not only that, I know you just, you mad because Tom Cream didn't give you a candy apple red pantsuit to wear, and you always hated Indiana University because you can't never be an Indiana fan. Well, I never saw Bob Knight kiss his son on the lips. Yes. Hey, but let me tell you something. Indiana still going to make the big dance. We're going to win the Big Ten Championship. Not only that, we're going <laughs> to kill the. Hey, not Have you seen your conference record thus, thus far in the Big Ten? You what, five and six? Five, hey, what's the record? Hey, get, hey check this out. Hey, check this out. Oh, man, y'all crazy. <laughs> y'all crazy. <laughs> hey, man, you know we be true, man. Hey, hey check this out. I'm going to leave y'all with this. Indiana going to win a championship in basketball. Listen, I'm going to leave y'all with this. Indiana go make the championship and uh, uh, win the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis, and Indiana baseball team is going to win the baseball championship. It's going to be a great year for the state of Indiana, and I'm sorry about uh, y'all Louisville, Kentucky fans getting beat because all the people in Lexington and Louisville is garbage. <laughs> you know what? That, you know, I, I, believe, right, I, truth. I believe the base. You know, he predicted that Indiana would win the the BCS championship. He predicted that. So now he predicts that Indiana will win the not only the Big Ten conference but the championship, but the NCAA chair. I think the baseball team has a, a bigger chance of winning something than the you know the basketball team. What I like about Truth is he does give us some balance. He represents the Hoosier Nation, and he makes outlandish predictions. There's no way they're winning the Big Ten tournament. I thought we had another caller on the line. Did he hang up? Do we have another caller on the line? Tyler. Oh my goodness. Tyler. Oh no. Let me give it dun, dun, Tyler, dun. the man who the man who revolutionized soccer <laughs> and civil rights in the state of well, was it Kentucky, Indiana? I don't know where it was, but whatever it is. St. Catherine. He is the cornerstone of the civil rights movement for gay rights uh in soccer. I feel like Tyler's about to blast. Tyler the originator, everybody. <laughs> Tyler, what do you have to say to Carlos accusations and his statement about your civil rights? Significance. What do you have to say about that, Tyler? Carlos, dumb. That's all I have to say. Anyways, <laughs> uh, seriously though, I, I, you know, I, I love following the truth, Kelly. You know, I, I miss the truth. I know he's probably still listening. I do miss the truth. I know he's watching some swimming. I'm really, really disappointed he did not invite Carlo. I know Carlo enjoys watching men in speedos, especially wrestling. You know, type of deal. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, truth. You might want to invite him over. It's up in Evansville, top of a Drive, Carlo. Go join him. You all can have a little powwow sitting beside each other. Uh, sports. Tyler, I do. Tyler, I'll ask you. Uh, sorry to get off yeah. this topic. I know that's a hot topic. I'll <laughs> ask. What did you think of Derek Anderson on our show earlier? I know you heard him. He would seem to, to be somewhat critical of Coach Cal in his coaching yesterday. What do you think of that? 
Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I, I was listening to Derek. That was awesome when he called in and all. Um, I totally agree. I was actually going to call and mention that this team is, you know, there's no more excuses. Uh, I'm tired of the excuses. This team's going to go into the NCAA tournament with 10 losses. They're going to lose to Florida on the road. They're going to lose another game in the SEC tournament. It's just obvious. This team is not built for that. The only way I can see this team make a run is if this talent is a tournament talent type of team. Uh, other than that, it could be a first weekend exit. Carlos crazy. This team's doing nothing. Uh, it's not Kelly. Same with Louisville. You all suck. We both suck. We just got to admit it. <laughs> you, th- you really think Louisville's not a good team? No, I, I, I really don't. You're all strength of schedule is 141st in the country. That's worse than Wichita State. Wow. Uh, you're really, I mean, it's just unbelievable. You okay. I mean, both That's... of these teams have a lot of talent, Kelly. When we, it's not the lack of talent. I mean, you have Russ Smith. You have so much talent for returning, you know, to experience two years in a row. They're just not getting it done. That's all it is. Tyler, bringing the facts. 141st in the country. That's not good. I, I'm a Cards fan. I can't get denied. Louisville hasn't played much competition this year. No, it, it's just been, it's been ugly. And I just have one more thing real quick uh, for uh, Mr. The Insider, Brian. Just because I pick wrong horses doesn't mean I'm not a good gambler. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about a recent uh, gambling victory you had, Tyler, if you're a good gambler. Uh, I think it was against you maybe recently in one of our little stupid arguments we had. I always like I can't remember them. Place bets among the Kentucky Sports.co people. Matt and I, I mean, as long as Teddy Bridgewater is the first quarterback drafted in April, I think is when it is, uh, or early May, I'll just have, I'll be 6-0, and I think, against Matt. So I have owned Matt in just personal hey, side bets. Kelly. I was just wondering, Kelly. I know you have a TV there, studio. Do you have you all have the uh, ESPN on? We do not. We do not have the TV on right now. We are focused well, really solely on our on, callers. You, know, you really should turn it on. They're going over a couple of good, you know, stories. One was about talking about Mark Shot. Another one was I actually saw Mister Carlo Kellum running. It was Michael Sam doing the forty. You should really turn it on. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Good laugh. You guys have a great day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Thanks a lot for the call, Todd. Tyler brought up an interesting point there, and spring training has started. Baseball is rounding into form. He mentioned March Shot. Todd, you and I are both Cincinnati Reds fans. What do you think of March Shot? She's dead. She's dead? But I mean, <laughs> what I do you think? Say, of, is she dead? Yeah, I'm she's, dead. she's dead. Yeah. What do you think? She, of, are you going to tune into this special when they replay it? Probably. Probably. She had not a clue what she was doing, but she had success. She had success. So, got lucky, I peace. guess. Rest in peace. You know, Tyler made a good point about the uh, the combats. Uh, Michael Sanders ran a four nine. I can't remember that. That's not. Ter- it's not good. And he's going to have to play middle line, uh, linebacker when he goes to the pros, and that's like unacceptable speed for that position. You're right, Jason uh, Devon. De- De- Davey Iconi ran like a four four, four five. I think he ran a four four seven. So I mean, that's very fast. You're yeah. right. As a pass rusher, speed is very. But did important. you see how Michael Sanders was running? Oh, that was pretty funny. I did not. <laughs> got Google it. Was he looking feminine while he was doing it? Just Google it. I'll Google it. Ashley, Carlo, Todd, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo Kellum, Ashley Danielle, Kelly Patrick, and we've got Todd's back there on the ones and twos. Brought us back in with some Justin Timberlake. Thanks, Todd. 
Can't go wrong with Justin Timberlake there. Not many people will come out and say they dislike Justin Timberlake. Remember, he was my choice of the two Justin. Yeah, Carlo, do you still want Justin Bieber? (laughs) (laughs) Just checking. Well, he said, do you still want Justin Bieber? I do like that one Justin Bieber song. uh, I I forgot the name of it. You don't even know. But it's one song of his I do actually like. Yeah, I mean, he's a good musician. I mean, he's a good artist. I Uh, would say musician. If I was your boyfriend, is that the song? Oh. I like that song. Yeah. I like the acoustic version of it. Guys, there was an uh, uh, incident last month where Allen Iverson met up with his old buddy Larry Brown, who's having amazing success at SMU. He's I, in a bad conference, but yeah. He's in a bad conference. Well, how bad is the conference, Carlo? That's a different topic. We'll look into that. Um, he spoke to the SMU team in the locker room. About practice? And he told them... He, no, not about practice. He told them that he was the greatest player in the history of the NBA. What do you guys think of that statement? Well, That's he never won a championship. His only He made it to the championship he, once. He beat the Lakers in game one of the championship finals, and that's it. No, he's not. Come on, really? He, he, that's what he said. He was a trendsetter. I give him that. Well, what? you know what? He wasn't even a trendsetter because actually Dennis Rodman was the trendsetter with all the tattoos first. So I can't even say he was a trendsetter with the tattoos. And I the used staff. to say, I don't know, I used to say he looked like he got trapped in a tattoo parlor and tied down. And who Iverson? Yeah, he's ridiculous. Where does he rank among the greatest players of all he's time? Not even on top my 50. radar. Not top fifty. No. I'm fine with that. Top one hundred, maybe not top fifty. I don't know that I would want him in his prime on my team. But if if somebody say <laughs> he doesn't come to practice, it can be one practice. Out of all the practices this year, that's enough. If I can't practice, I can't practice, man. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. The reason why his NBA career was cut short. Simple as that. It was because of this. It's yeah. About that. I'm sure some. Well, also because he was a gun. You know what? He could have been. He, he wasn't a good teammate. He, I don't think he was a good teammate. He could have been shot like 50 shots a game. He could have been like Gary Payton. He could have got an opportunity to win a championship on another team, on being the a bench. role player. On the he bench. didn't want to ride the he bench. He didn't want to do that. He, he didn't, didn't want to be a team player that's my opinion that whole comment right there practice you got to practice you got to practice to win games you got to have that that uh cohesiveness with your team in order to make it to the next level and he didn't want to commit to that he was not suited to be a role player you guys remember the whole uh situation with his was it his wife or a girlfriend or something like, i want to tell you that and- <laughs> that's what do you remember that he flipped out on a reporter and there's his mom has a real public persona also Allen Iverson is beloved in many communities. Philadelphia, he, I mean, he was Newport uh, News. Virginia. Yesterday, he was honored at the game. Do you see that on Sports Center? Yeah, he, has a, he had his jersey retired. Yeah, okay, yeah. He I was kind of yeah, yeah. Should, should yeah. I thought it was too soon to have his jersey retired up there in uh, Philly? To be honest, I thought it was too soon, way too soon. Okay, be interesting. I mean, you're talking about Dr. J, you know, guys like that, Moses Malone. Okay, I want to tell you that. I want to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good, Todd. Todd's right on that. Well, yeah, I, I, maybe another ten years from now, retires jersey. But he just left the the league on such a bad note. He was he was pretty much blackballed like Terrell Owens. He was blackballed from the, the NBA. I think he got a chance with the Memphis Grizzlies, and it didn't go well. Lionel Hollins, if I remember correctly, was the coach, and he had a very short tenure uh, away from the, the Sixers. I mean, he was sure he was blackballed. And I think he deserved to be just because of his style of play. I don't, you know, personally or his I practice comments; those don't don't affect me. He never wanted to change his game for the better betterment of the of the team. 
that's that was his his you know he never he never took he never could change his game in order to fit other everybody he couldn't make players around him better. What do you think of my comparison of the modern day Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony? Hmm. I say Brian Westbrook. Russell, 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 Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. I'm sorry. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Very but, but he he does play well with Kevin Durant though. Ah, uh, he does play well, but Kevin Durant's not going to win a championship with Westbrook as a point guard. Here's the one to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> he could. I think Carmelo Anthony's coming up on an interesting contract situation with the Knicks. Hey, hey, we Car- got to keep that sound. Right? That's classic. Yes, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, modern day Allen Iverson. I could see a situation where at the end of Carmelo Anthony's career in a few years, Nobody wants him. Well, he's going to L.A. to play with Kobe next year. So Does yeah. Kobe want him? They can shoot out. <laughs> Is yeah. Kobe even going to be playing next year? Yeah, he needs somebody to help. He, he, he's, Kobe's done. People haven't realized that. It's not going to be the same Kobe. Kobe's going to be a role player next year. He's going to be like Grant Hill. I don't think he, he knows he how probably to has do that. Three years I don't left. think he has that in his, in his repertoire to be a role player. But he'll be like a Grant Hill caliber player his last couple of years. In the, in Grant the, Hill in was NBA. productive. He was, he was productive, but he's going to be. But Grant Hill always short, he was always able to share the spotlight. That's You're something right. that Kobe's always struggled with. So I don't see how that will change just miraculously. Unless well, if he has another guy who wants 30 shots a game like Carmelo, he's going to have to. I mean, that's what? Really? 60 shots a game? I wouldn't want that if I were Kobe. No. Jordan didn't want that alongside him when he was with Washington, well, see, did he? The thing about Kobe is that he was a role player his first three championships. Who? Kobe. No He was way. not a role player. He no wasn't. way you say that. He wasn't a role player? You're crazy. Okay, he was a wingman. How about that? You're crazy. He wasn't a wingman? You're crazy. Shaq wasn't the man he for those part first of three rings. He was kidding? part of a he duo. Was a, he was Scottie Pippen to Shaq. And that's not a role player. That is a role. That's, that's wingman. A, really? he, was, he was Robin. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing wrong with being Robin. I'm Kelly Patrick's Robin. You're crazy. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah, you're wingman. There's nothing wrong with being the wingman. And he was a wingman for three championships. Okay. And then he won the two championships when he was actually the guy. So you don't think Kobe Bryant? I don't think Kobe Bryant will ever be a, a, a secondary type guy. He was a you think you have he's already been one, Kelly. He was a secondary secondary guy with Shaq. He was a, he was a partner. He was a, a part of the dynamic duo. Him and, and Shaq. They, I would say they were equally in, as important. With no Shaq, he would have not won. Anything. That's fair. I agree with that. Shaq was the most dominant force when he was winning those titles. In basketball, I mean, he he couldn't shoot free throws, but, but I mean, he he affected the game so much. You had to double and triple team him, leave people open for three pointers. Rick Fox, Robert Ory. I mean, it was a different. He was as impactful of a player as I've ever seen in the sport. Shaq but was. Why is it that you think they their relationship didn't last? Because Kobe wants to be the star. Oh, he always good wants point. to be Let's the star. What, I think that uh, honestly, I think Jim Brown kind of made a good point when he talked about. It. When he was on Arsenio that day, when he made the comments about Kobe and just certain things with men you don't do, and he's broken the man code on many occasions. Who? Kobe Bryant. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> but Kobe, he just, uh, I don't know, he's a different cat, man. I think Jim Brown kind of said it best. He he didn't probably go about the right format of saying it, but I, I kind of agree with what Jim Brown said. I wouldn't call Kobe Bryant for a forum or a summit if something was going on right now, if I was one of those players back in the day. You know what I'm talking about? The Jim Brown, mm-hmm. Bill Russell. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Notice who wasn't there. Joe Lewis wasn't there. Jackie Robinson wasn't there. And it was a reason for that. Because they were considered, um, I don't want to say, Truth said it a while ago. <laughs> they were considered to be 
submissive type people, and they, they, no, they went no, no, along no. with with the. I wouldn't say they. Jackie Robinson was my. This is my opinion. Somebody who's old school can call in and comment, but Jackie Robinson was chosen to be the first black player for a reason because he could take it. He was strong enough to take it. He was strong enough to. So why was he, he invited to Jim Brown Summit? That makes me sound like to me that tells me Jim Brown doesn't know what the hell he's talking about if he didn't invite Jackie Robinson. Why am I wrong? Uh, Jim Brown beat his wife and has multiple domestic mm. abuse issues. Jackie Robinson, he didn't invite Jackie Robinson? That's weak. That's a good point. Prove it, me wrong. It, 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 it's it's kind of different. I can't really go. I don't want to say it on the air, to be honest. But it's kind. I understand what so you're saying. So we can talk I about Michael Cockerham in the, in the knockout <laughs> hour walking through urine. But we can't talk about why Jackie Robinson was was left off Jim Brown's list? You're kidding me? But you make you make very good points, Kelly Patrick, being a white guy. Thank you. Very good points. <laughs> he, Jim Brown, he beat his wife. You're right. Uh, inexcusable. He threw off a balcony. That's not good. Not good at all. Yeah. Some other stuff before we wrap up the show. We're going to have our man Brandon J. Lawrence calling in. The best personal injury attorney. Hell, the best attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence. Be sure to give him a call. Uh, gets you know For all your personal injury attorney needs. Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for... Justice. J stands for justice. 502-587-0041. Give Brandon a call. He'll, he'll talk to you. Free consultation. He'll at least hear what your situation is. You'll be able to help him. He'll be able to help you out with your with your um, personal injury attorney needs. He will be calling in here shortly. In the NBA, we're rounded into form with the NBA playoffs coming up and not too long. The Indiana Pacers still have the best record in the Eastern Conference at 45-13. and 13. Over the last 10, they're 7-3, and three, but right on their heels is the Miami Heat, 42-14. and 14. So they are two games behind the, the Pacers. Over their last 10 games, the Miami Heat are 9-1, and one, and LeBron James, when he plays, when he doesn't have his, his uh, broken nose or whatever it was, he's been playing like a man possessed. They're going to peak at the right time. Are they going to three-peat? They're going to three-peat. They're going to peak at the right time. My prediction. Is Dwayne Wade too old? No. Dwayne Wade had 24 points in their win yesterday. 112-98 over the Orlando Magic. LeBron James, 9 rebounds and 7 assists. What do you guys think of the situation with the NBA coming out and saying, LeBron, you can wear a mask. We understand it. Richard Hamilton did it. A lot of guys have done it over the years. But don't have it be an all-black mask that covers your face. Did you guys hear about this? I I think that's silly. Yeah, because I saw an article that said that he switched to a clear mask, but I didn't know know why. Why did it matter? I don't know why it mattered. It's ridiculous. Maybe he looks like a killer. Ad- Adam Silver. It kind of looks like Mankind's mask. You know, Mankind the wrestler? Yep, Mick Foley. Tyler, yeah. So it kind of looks like his oh mask. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, a black, you know, this is a black version of it. I thought it was pretty cool. Adam Silver. Maybe it was too fashionable for the NBA. You know, they like to have these type of fashion and coat, you know, fashion codes in the games, you know. Like, you, if you wear a tape play basketball. on your fingers, it, you can't have a logo on the tape. Mm-hmm. You know, so, they, yeah, they're pretty strict. Well, Adam Silver is now the commissioner in his first year as the commissioner of the NBA since David Stern has stepped that down. Was a quiet transition. It really he's been making some some waves um with the way that that owners such as Mark Cuban are allowed to call and contest you know if if you were to be critical of David Stern, he would come out and say, "Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say Mark Cuban? $80,000 fine." Oh, you have something else to say? $120,000 fine. 
Adam Silver is handling it in a completely different way. He, he charged Kobe Bryant for saying a uh, homophobic slur a few years ago. He did. Yeah, he was pretty. I mean, uh, what is David Stern the greatest commissioner of all times? Of all Considering times, where the NBA was when when he yeah. he inherited it thirty years ago, I would say yeah. They were playing the NBA Finals on replay at night. Mm. They weren't even broadcasting the finals live on national television. So I mean, to take it through the 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 Magic Johnson and Larry Bird era into the Michael Jordan era and now the, the LeBron James era and to have all this profitability and uh, yeah, I think you can say David Stern's the greatest commissioner ever. Adam Silver is a David Stern protege and he's doing things a little bit differently. He's allowing the owners to contest uh, different calls. You know, they, they say Mark Cuban's been sending videos of controversial calls into the office, and Adam Silver will actually review those. So a little more transparency, trying to do things a little bit differently. Well, in that case, very differently than his predecessor. That is, uh, you know, the only problem I have with that is kind of like watching golf. When the guy called in on Tiger Woods, it's like, hey, he dropped the, he moved the ball, and you just had a random guy call in to call him out. You know, how... I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't think you should give the the coach. I mean, the owners that much. Uh, that much power. The send and tape and actually review everything that that you know. Mark Cuban. He's a he's a loose cannon sometimes, man. He'll send in anything. But you gotta understand, Carlo. They own the NBA. The owners do. The owners do. Hmm. Yeah. So guess what? If the owner of your company called in, but David and Stern, he said, "Well, wait a minute, Carlo. If he come call your owner of your company that you work for, said Carlo." I want you to look at this. What do you think about it? Would you take a look at it? Yeah, but the difference is, is that I guess David Stern was kind of like he's like Vito Colleone, Michael Colleone of the whole family that they had. There. He was. He it, it was his way of the highway. You know, sometimes it got to be that way. Sometimes, but an interesting perspective from our man Todd Neal, who's the commissioner for boxing and wrestling and mixed martial arts in the state of Kentucky, pointing out a very interesting point: the people who bring money to the table. You, I mean, if a if a promoter, an MMA promoter, called you, Todd, you're at least listening. Always. You might find them. You ever find commit find promoters? Mm, a couple of times, maybe twice. If it's egregious, you know, there's always a fine line between fines and. You ever warning. find somebody for criticizing you? No. I, if I did, it'd be every day. So you, as a commissioner in the state of Kentucky for mixed martial arts and boxing have handled your situation very different than what David Stern has with the NBA. Whereas if someone criticizes publicly David Stern and, and the the uh, the refereeing and, and the way that they allow certain things to happen in the game, he automatically would throw a, fly, a fine on them. Yeah. You've chosen not to do that. No. The, you know, we have a uh, things called detrimental to sport. And, you know, you got to – the thing, I guess, when you're in the position I'm in as program coordinator, um, you wield a stick, and you only use it when necessary. And I found that using that the least is more effective. Makes sense to me. Adam Silver seems to agree with you. Yeah. Maybe we should ask uh, Peter Armberg and Double A how they feel about it. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Very interesting. Good stuff there. I know that every week our man Brandon J. Lawrence allows us to be on the air from – 10 until noon on Sundays and from 9 to 11 on Saturdays. He listens to the whole show. He has to listen to every second of the show. So when we make our factual errors, which we do every week, he can correct us. 
Give Brandon a call, 502-587-0041, to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. On the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, we do have our man, Brandon J. Lawrence, on the line with us now. How you doing this morning, Brandon? What's up, baby? What's happening, man? Hey, Viva La Chavez, baby! <laughs> I like the enthusiasm, the reference to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and his, what I thought was a pretty Im- impressive victory last night on HBO Boxing. Hey, man, he's back. He's ready, man. He's got the fire of his old man. He- he's ready, Come man. On, man. He's ready to take it over. I got Julio Cesar Chavez. If there was a five spot, fifth spot on the Mount Rushmore, he would be number five. Okay. And his son's nowhere. His son's nowhere in that category. Uh, that's that's, uh, that's uh, LeBron James's Mount Rushmore with five presidents, right? <laughs> exactly. Five presidents. <laughs> Brandon, did you get to hear much of the show this morning? Did you hear our, our our caller? We had a random caller, Derek Anderson, called in. Did you get to hear that, Brandon? Hey man, I was just telling Todd that was awesome. Um, Derek Anderson, man, that guy. I mean, he's you know he's he deserves a lot more credit. I mean, he went to he. And he he coached he was he played on a bunch of coaches right Randy Ayers great coach Rick Pitino great coach Pat Riley great coach he's a uh, a walking probably walking basketball encyclopedia he's one on every level he's great man that was a great interview. What did you think of his criticism oh. of Coach Cal in the X and O's during the game from yesterday? I mean, Derek didn't seem to me like he was holding back on saying that he needed to do more coaching. What did you think of that? I mean, you know, how can you criticize? You can't criticize Derek Anderson. I mean, he's been through it. So, you know, the college level champ, uh, NBA champ. So, I mean, I think it's a fair criticism, man. I mean, you know, you got to run some plays. I mean, Kentucky's getting beat by uh, far inferior talent. South Carolina, come on, man, that's that's ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Then he gets tossed from the game, and he doesn't want to talk to the uh, uh, what is it? You, if you look at his record. He's got about the same record as Billy Gillespie and Tubby when they got fired, man. Oh, come on, man. He got us a championship, though. I mean, well, I mean, I'm just looking at the record, man. I mean, you know, the numbers. What do they say? Women lie, men lie. Numbers don't lie, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brandon. Brandon, did you find any factual inaccuracies from our show? Well, uh, let me see. Hey, first off, I got to give a shout-out to Livingstone College, my my uh, college. We won the CIAA championship last night in Charlotte, North Carolina, Time Warner Arena. Um, shout-out to those guys, Division II. Um, you were talking about, you talked about, uh, yeah, did U of L get beat by anybody in the first round? Yes, they did. They got beat by Creighton in 1999. 1999. Uh, you more, said five years ago, Carlo. I said they got beat by Creighton. <laughs> okay. In the first round. 2011. Uh, and Cal 2010, and Xavier in 2004. So U of L gets beat a lot in the first round of the NCAA tournament with uh, Rich, with, what's his name, Ricky Patino. Uh, I don't know if you, who you want to call him now with the goatee, but that's gone, right? I guess uh, I guess the uh, chick stock went up after everybody shaved off their ugly beards. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he said chick stuff. Yeah, he said chick stuff. Okay, I was wondering. Hey, Devin Downey Downey was uh, the point guard that that torched Kentucky from South Carolina. He was that point guard, man. Hey, hey, I got a question for y'all. Who do you think is going to be the first-round pick? Two questions. Who's going to be the first-round pick? I think it's going to be Clowney. Jadavion Clowney. 
who's going to who's going to win Best Picture tonight for the Oscars, man? I hope it, who's, who's, that's a good question. Be? I hope it goes to. Uh, I don't know, man. What, what, what are some candidates? Let me get mine first. So I'm gonna go with Caddyshack. Is that good? Hey, 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 man! I'm gonna tell you that if you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen that movie with Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club, man, that's good. I heard that's great movie. He's got my vote. Or either the old man. Who's the old man? The old man movie. They always have one of those. The old man in Nebraska. That's something nobody ever sees. Yeah. <laughs> no country for old men. Is that it? Well, that was a few years ago. Brandon, Brandon, I will ask you. I, well, I, I was watching Sports Center this morning, and I'm not a hockey guy. Uh, I know you are. The Blackhawks beat love- the Penguins in in the snow at Soldier Field in Chicago. There was snow all over the rink. I mean, that was awesome. What do you think of that? They played outside. Yeah. Hey, those cats. Hey, man, those cats probably thought they were playing home in the backyard and. Uh, you know, said run to the run to the Buick, man, and I'll and shoot a slap shot, and I'll get you in there. Sidney Crosby is the second best player in the hockey. I love Alex Ovechkin; he's my man. Washington Caps, and oh yeah, shout out to the Wizards for whooping the Sixers last night after Alvin Iverson got his number retired. <laughs> Did and, and tell you that? Correction on, huh? What you said? I said, "Did Tawana tell you that?" No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, and y'all, and y'all crazy. You're crazy, man. Allen Iverson is one of the best in the NBA all all time. No question about it. Under six feet, he, he's. I mean, he's awesome, man. Eleven time NBA All Star. Top fifty. Huh? Top fifty. You think he's top fifty? Oh, of course. Top of course. Come on. Of man. course. Did you say top? Oh, did you say he's in the top ten? Top ten. I mean, he's top ten impact. Because who's he's the one that started wearing those sleeves. Every kid's wearing those dumb looking sleeves um, to to shoot a jump shot. Allen Iverson, man, he started. He started the tattoo phase. And Carlos, hey. man, what they doing, man? Why they why they challenging your sexuality, man? Hey, oh, hey, man. first of all, first of all, <laughs> that doesn't need to be questioned. Uh, the truth got the truth, the truth got all religious oh, on you. Hey. hey one more, one more, one more thing. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant came off the bench his rookie year with uh, Nick Van Exel and Eddie uh, Eddie Jones, Jones. Cedric Sabalas. Eddie Jones would have started the team, so Rick, Kobe Bryant hadn't always been a star, man. Good stuff there, Brandon. Thank you very much for allowing us to be on the air every Sunday from ten until noon. We look forward to talking to you next week, Brandon. Thank you. Great show, guys. Thanks, Thanks. a lot, man. It's been a great show. Action-packed. We had Derek Anderson call in. We weren't expecting that. Carlo Kellum. Ashley Danielle. Todd Neal. And myself, Kelly Patrick. We've had a great time. We will be back with you next Sunday for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'll say it clear. I'll state my case. Of which I'm certain. I've lived. A life that's full I traveled each And every byway Oh, and more Much more than this I did it my